0: You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, running Thursday, July 11th through Sunday, July 14th at picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights The Cactus Blossoms. Led by brothers Paige Burkham and Jack Torrey, the band is known for its signature harmonies and throwback Americana sound. The group released Easy Way this spring on their own Walkie Talkie Records label. The Cactus Blossoms will be performing at Snowberry on Saturday, July 13th at 1245 p.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca.
1: Can we make it feel the way it did back then? It was real. I didn't dream it All I know is that I want it back again Cause I got a lot of love Got a lot of love Got a lot of love to give Got a lot of love Got a lot
2: of love Got a lot of love
0: All right, well, Jack Tory, and Paige Burkham are the leads behind the Cactus Blossoms. They are coming to the Winnipeg Folk Festival this summer, making the drive from Minneapolis and uh, joining us on the phone here on Festival Express. Welcome, guys.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
0: Now, I, uh, I read an interview, the two of you did, with uh, WBUR, I guess in Milwaukee, uh, talking about, uh, as, as kids, singing along in the car on, on family road trips. And, and I'm curious how you go from that to... Singing in a band together, like, was there kind of a a turning point where you decided, yeah, we should we should do this as something, as an as a vocation, let's say.
3: No, nah, no, nah, there was no no big uh, turning point for us. It's it's been pretty slow. Um, you know, we've been playing music now together for about eight years, nine years, um, but before then it was. It was just, you know, we just loved playing music and we're learning songs and old folk songs and stuff. And, you know, we just got invited to sing together, opening up for some friends. And that's kind of how we got pulled into the uh, career.
0: (laughs) So were were you like a a unit when you got asked to, to open up for some friends or was it like you weren't necessarily a band at that point?
3: Yeah, we 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 had a lot of friends in Minneapolis who were into old country music and and folk music and uh and we uh, sometimes we were even backing them up in their bands and I played little drums and Jack would play bass and uh, and we were just having a good time it, it wasn't it wasn't too serious but um we at some point Jack and I both uh learned a couple country duets. Um and, and our friends would say like, Hey, you guys you guys wanna do two or three songs before my set or yeah. in, in between by in between some sets. Yeah. By opening up I mean um, playing for twenty minutes at a happy hour gig at a bar where we got two drink tickets and that was that was it.
0: Right. Now, Jack, I read that you had been playing as a, as a solo artist. Pa- Paige, were you also kind of playing solo uh, prior to this as well? Like, were you kind of each doing your own thing? I,
3: I wasn't writing songs, um, so I didn't have the, the advantage uh, Jack had of getting to go out on my own and sing my own songs, but... Uh, my song, I had one <laughs> Jack was writing a few songs um, back before we started playing together, but I, I just... I played drums... Um, And, you know, I I wasn't a serious drummer, but uh, it was really just all about having fun.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: Playing with whoever would uh, let me get on the stage with them.
0: Now, Jack, you had one song, and as I understand it, you uh, pretended it was a cover so that you could kind of get away with it uh, on on stage without kind of necessarily being judged for it. What was that one song?
3: Uh, What was it? There were a couple, but... um I wrote one called uh, "Drifting Along." It was kind of a kind of Hank Williams style song, and and uh, I had one called "Cold Night and Early Morn" that I I was uh, you know being a little more poetic, folky, and uh, yeah, I just thought no one needs to know that I came up with this. Maybe they'll think it's cooler if they thought uh, Leonard Cohen or Bob Dylan wrote it.
0: Sure enough. Now looking back on those early songs and then thinking about sort of the the writing on Easy Way, what has uh, changed or developed as as songwriters? Like what can you see kind of what you do differently or or is it kind of different in any way?
3: Yeah, I think it is kind of the same except for uh, people know that <laughs> that we're writing it. Yeah. There's, you yeah, know, there's not really, I don't have some, you know, some people like to write songs every day or, um, you know, they have kind of a process they like to walk through. And for me, it's always just been a little more casual and inspiration based. So in a lot of ways, it's pretty much the same.
0: So if it, if it's casual like that, how, like in terms of putting together a record then, uh, i mean obviously some of the the time between your dreaming the the last record and and this time was spent a lot of it on on tour but are you collecting songs from prior to your dreaming or is this kind of like uh, a certain snapshot of a period for you for easy way like if if it's ephemeral how do, how do you kind of collect that stuff
3: well yeah i mean that is something that was different and Kind of exciting about working on Easy Way was that you know we weren't pulling from kind of a back catalog of years like we were able to do with Your Dreaming. So it was pretty fun to kind of have it be a snapshot, and you know see this is this is what these are all us now. So it feels very current. But I guess the thing that kind of helps you know, kind of finish the songs is having a, a recording session books. That that helps, too.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, a looming deadline is something that helps you as a, as an artist? Because I know some people, you know, work well under the gun, and, and some people kind of seize up a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think it helps as a human for me. I know some people are really good at being on top of everything, but a looming deadline helps me finish. <laughs> very very
2: inspirational.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now as I understand it you had deadlines plural because you went to Chicago multiple times to record Easy Way, is that right?
3: Yeah. We were squeezing in sessions in between touring and and all the other things that were going on, so we and and other people's schedules and everything. So we kept on driving down to Chicago or flying down there away at it over the course of, I don't know, half a year or something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, uh, during the process of, um, well, we, we weren't sure how we were going to release Easy Way, um, because we were in between, we weren't going to be putting it out with our, the record label we put our last one out with, um, so that, in a way, Gave us some freedom to uh, be on a, be on our own schedule, and um, you know there was no hard deadline. It was just our own our own deadlines that we were working with.
0: Sure enough. Now, are you like going and doing like one whole song when you do it, or are you doing like parts of individual songs and then kind of reviewing things, and then when you go back, you kind of finish them off? Like, what's what was that kind of uh, process? Yeah,
3: like? all, all of those things. We, we did all sorts of, of uh, fun, interesting methods on the different tunes on this record. When we started recording, Paige and I had been on the road a lot for the two years following up to it, and we did a Europe tour that was 20 shows in 21 days or something crazy. And uh, getting into the studio, you know, you're working and you're singing the songs, and showing the band everything and we realized pretty quickly that we couldn't sing so that made it interesting at, at first when we were starting to record but um so yeah there's all these factors going into it so it feels really good to have it finished and be happy with it
0: no doubt so when you're when you go you do some recordings you you come home for a bit are you listening to the mixes and do like the songs kind of change shape at all in, in kind of revisiting them or having that kind of time between recordings to, to listen to them?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in our case, um, we didn't have, we didn't have, uh, all the arrangements worked out beforehand. Um, this is pretty common. It's pretty normal these days. Um, you know, it, it would be fun to, uh, well, our last album was recorded more more live um, than this one was. As far as the um, some of the tracks on our last album are almost completely live, um, this one we gave ourselves uh, the ability to, uh, in some cases, you know, add add a lot um, later. In the studio, we even recorded some back in Minneapolis and, and would maybe come up with a certain part three months later after we recorded the initial tracks. Um, so we were self-producing. Mm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a learning process and probably never want to do, do it the same exact way again, <laughs> you know, um, but, but it was a lot of fun.
0: No, when you say you never want to do it exactly that way again, is it that it was a difficult thing to self produce or just the experience yeah. is something yeah. you're done with? Or, yeah. Well,
3: you 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 learn things as you go and we definitely, you know, felt by the time we had it finished, we're like, well, let's let's take what we learned and, and do things a little differently next time around. But that's the only way to learn. I think, I think everybody feels that way. And right from talking to other other musicians, I, I feel like everyone thinks that, that the next time they do an album, it's going to be a smooth process. But everything changes every time. And you never, you know, right when you think you have it figured out, it won't meet your new standards for how, how you think it should sound. So that's kind of the fun of it, though.
0: So uh you you talked about kind of you know having background in, in roots music but you you uh, drew in uh, a jazz player Michael Lewis to play saxophone on on this record were both of you kind of like do, are you jazz fans are you do you go to a lot of like local jazz acts or was there just cuz Lewis looms large on the Minneapolis scene how did you end up kind of luring him into the record
2: Well
3: we're we're friends we're buddies and um pretty tight-knit community of musicians here in Minneapolis um, just we just thought it would be fun to get him involved I mean I love going to see jazz shows um, even if I even if I can't follow everything I, I enjoy the hell out of the sounds being made but uh, when it comes to Mike playing on our record we're, we're like hey man do you just like hold on to this one note <laughs> Just play one note, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So he can do anything, though. We're just Michael Lewis fans, so he's not. He's he's a jazz musician, but really he could do just about anything we we ask. So it was cool of him to to uh, be willing to get involved.
0: So did you have any other kind of like? sounds you envisioned or or things you heard that you you wanted to achieve on the record that you just ended up kind of abandoning that you weren't maybe necessarily capable of self-producing or or was there is this the exact thing that you heard in your collective heads
3: I think we got pretty close I mean we couldn't afford the orchestra but (laughs) (laughs) well you know I don't know what some others hear in their heads when they're making a record but we were just letting it unfold. You know, I I think uh, when you get halfway through the process of making an album, I guess you could just either scrap it and start over again, or you can say, well, this is the album we're making. Let's keep on, like, you know, we dig it, so let's keep on going down this path, see see what it sounds like in the end.
0: Right. And now the ten tracks that ended up on the record was that like were the, was there anything kind of like abandoned or, or kind of left off because it didn't fit or is this kind of what you conceived of as like the front to back and and sort of the, in the lineup you put it in?
3: These are the tunes we
2: wanted
3: to put on the record, and that's what we ended up with. So there, there were a few we took a stab at.
2: Yeah, um, there
3: were some older songs that we had that we thought about doing. You know, but we just settled in on these 10 and thought it was a nice length for a record. We don't want to overstay our welcome.
0: Now, with the kind of time in between recordings and stuff like that, were you able to live test any of the songs and, and sort of see how they connected with audiences or, you know, how, how a, a specific arrangement or, or kind of a way of playing it worked?
3: Yeah, for sure. We've had we been playing a few of the songs live over the last year. And, and it was while we were working on making the records. So definitely there was a little bit of, um, I, don't, I don't know what you want to call it, not workshopping, but, um, you know, you're just getting a feel for how the songs work and um, bringing it back into the studio.
0: Right. Now, material-wise, there's... Uh, you know a variety of kind of subjects touched upon in in the record is there any kind of like unifying theme or kind of like overarching sort of uh, through line to to the record for the two of you or or is it just like these were the songs you were most happy with and, and ready to put out into the world
3: well it's it's not really a concept album because there's no. i don't think there really is a if there is a theme, it's it's just a cumulative theme of the things that we're thinking about, you know, being put side by side. Um, but as far as some big heavy concepts, you know, I, I don't know that there is one. But I, I kind of always think there's there's always a thread running through everything, no matter what. Even if you decide on one, or if you
0: go without one it's still going to be there right so uh, please don't call me crazy as i understand it you you wrote it either inspired by or or kind of to try and put yourself in the perspective of of curtis a the minneapolis artist is that is that correct
3: yeah yeah partially correct yeah
0: so is do you do you give yourself those kind of like thought exercises as a songwriter like to you know, in, inhabit a, a different perspective, or you know, tell a, a story from an interior point of view that isn't necessarily your own. Is that is that something that presents a challenge, or is like a creative opportunity that uh, is is interesting to you?
3: Oh, it helps helped on that song. Um, yeah, I think sometimes if you I and mean,
2: think from someone
3: else's perspective or try to at least put yourself in their shoes. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes things come out that you wouldn't expect. I mean, I like doing impersonations of of people, only people, mostly people I love, where I, I imitate them out of love, you know. And sometimes when you're kind of channeling a person, you'll say something and you're like, Oh my God! I felt like them for a second. I just said some line came out of my mouth that I wouldn't say, but because I was talking in their voice, it came out. And you know, I think, I think it's probably the same way for writers. Not, not that I practice it very often. Yeah, I think in the end, you only have your own perspective, though. <laughs> you know, it's still just your perspective of their perspective, mm. like, like a projection.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: I was going to go with unintentional empathy, but uh, projection is a good way of cutting it too. Um, before I let two of you go, uh, I want to get you to pick a song off Easy Way, and, and since there's two of you, I'll, I'll let each have your own choice, and if you have a reason why you're picking that song or an anecdote about that song, I'd love to hear that.
3: All right, yeah. Um, this is Jack here. I think I'm going to pick Boomerang. Um, I think it's one of the last, Songs. It's probably one of the most recent songs that I wrote, and I wasn't sure how it would fit into our
0: our album or
3: our band or whatever. But I I really enjoy singing the song, so that's mine. Um, I think uh, maybe another song would be that's pretty different. Would be Desperado. It's the first uh, first song in the album. Um, maybe it just did a, a good balance <laughs> cover some ground between those two songs well,
0: Why was that the lead-off track? Because usually uh, artists kind of put a lot of thought into t- track order and, and sort of how an album flows What what was Desperado, what was it about Desperado that made that You know, the, the opening chords of the record?
2: Um, I think It, well
3: I think that that song is just uh, maybe somehow in the middle, in some ways of of what of what the album uh, has in store. So it's a good introduction, a good path pathway into the album. We thought it'd be nice for it to start with an acoustic guitar too, so that you get ready for an album
2: full of guitars.
0: <laughs> sure enough uh so what's the best way to keep tabs on you guys are you on instagram or you know facebook or where are you kind of like keeping keeping folks up to date on on what's going on with the cactus blossoms
3: we're pretty quiet on on the uh social media but you can find us there and uh we'll give you updates so you can go to our website and sign up for our mailing list or come out to a show um yeah you know world wide web baby
0: now you released this record on on Walkie Talkie, your own label. Do you have you know other artists you're going to be releasing on Walkie Talkie?
3: We're just a one artist label right now. Sure enough. And, um, depending on you know, depending on how well we work with them, we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll put some other stuff out in the future. But right now we're just
0: just uh, working on our own thing.
3: Yeah, we're we're our own guinea pig.
0: Sure enough. So, <laughs> work, work out the kinks and then sign someone uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll give Boomerang and Desperado a listen, uh, Jack and Paige thanks very much for taking some time and really looking forward to having you up here at Birds Hill Park uh, at the Winnipeg Folk Fest
3: can't wait to be there, there's yeah. so much good things about it, so looking forward
1: animation.
0: michael elds and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting the cactus blossoms we'll be performing on saturday july 13th at 12:45 p.m at snowberry at the winnipeg folk festival to hear more featured artists visit umfm.com and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running july 11th through 14th at birds hill park